Hello and welcome to the Alcohol Free Vibes podcast, a high vibe space where we talk about all things spirituality, manifestation, raising our vibrations and walking away from the manifestation block that is alcohol. Whether you're newly sober, sober curious or you've been sober for a long time, this is the place for you if you want to learn more about spirituality, manifestation and how letting go of alcohol can make you so much more powerful at manifesting. It's time to stop drinking, start living, raise our vibrations and step into our manifestation power. Let's get started. Hi everyone, I hope you are doing well today. Whether it's your first day of going sober, whether you're well into it by now, or whether, I don't know, you're somewhere in between, I'm here for you and wherever you're listening to me, I hope that you find this podcast comforting, helpful, etc. And you know, I'm always here if you want to reach out to me. In today's episode, I'm talking to you about sober sleep. Now, as you know, I'm all about making that big link between sobriety and manifestation. So let's first just cover how does sleep affect your manifestation powers? If you have heard of something called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs is kind of like a pyramid shape and it... um, is a hierarchy of things that we need to survive. So right at the bottom of that hierarchy are our very, very basic human primal needs like food, water and sleep. And as you go up that hierarchy, the needs get more and more complex. And then right at the top of that hierarchy, I think it's like spiritual spiritual development, um, which is right at the top. And the argument is, is you can't access the top end of the pyramid if the bottom end of the pyramid is is not there it it goes in order and you have to start from the foundations and work up so anybody on any kind of spiritual journey and and manifestation is a spiritual journey um they you need to look at the pyramid from the bottom up and sleep is one of those things Uh, we've got to look after our primal needs in order to raise our vibrations enough so that we can function at that top end of the pyramid now, if you're anything like me, when I was drinking, not not the sec, not necessarily the second time and third time round, but certainly when I was um, just post university and I was in my probably the worst habits with drinking that I've ever had. I was in a you know really bit of a pickle with with how much I was drinking. I got into this daily drinking habit and I started to notice that if I had not had a glass of wine, I loved my red wine and my beer at the time, I just couldn't get to sleep. Um, And really I'd got into the habit of knocking myself out every evening with alcohol. So I'd got this social brainwashing around the fact that, you know, I thought drinking was relaxing. I thought it was a very grown up thing to do when I came home from work. And I would come home and I would have wine and I would think I was relaxing myself and then I'd be, oh, I'm so relaxed, I'm going to go to bed now. And actually I was inebriated and I was about to pass out. Now, if you look at your Fitbit data, if any of you are still drinking and you're just so curious, I really invite you to have a look at your Fitbit data the next time you um, have drunk when you've been to sleep and the sleep data. And you will notice that your 
um, your sleep is quite fitful when you've been drinking and it will you'll you'll kind of go in and out of light and deep sleep very very quickly and very very frequently all evening um on my instagram i actually posted some um screenshots of my fitbit data one shows the very last time i ever drank the sleep data and the other one just shows a normal night of me not drinking since then and the graphs just look so so different um the the second graph the the kind of sections of sleep where I'm going into REM sleep and then into a deep sleep and and then a lighter sleep they're much longer stretches of time I mean it's completely normal to to uh, flip in and out of those states of sleep throughout a night that is normal but not quite so frequently as a um uh, as when you are drinking so that's something that's really interesting if you are so curious to start to look at on your fitbit if you have a fitbit or if you have a whoop or any of those kind of smart devices um and it just gives you some some facts that it's so easy isn't it when we hear all of these facts about drinking I was definitely one of these people that sat in denial a lot and used to go no that doesn't happen to me no I I don't get hangovers oh no that's not a problem for me I sleep fine when I'm drinking and sometimes you actually just need to look at the data and and admit to yourself and actually no (laughs) no I don't um so when I first stopped drinking then I did find that the first few nights I actually couldn't get to sleep and for some people, this can really put them off because um, they think, you know, I I can't I can't sleep, and not sleeping is miserable, isn't it? And you think, well, I, if I can't get to sleep without drinking, then I obviously need alcohol to sleep. This isn't true. It, it's not helping you sleep. It's ruining your sleep. You just need to give your body a little bit of time just to adjust because you've just trained your body basically that it doesn't need to release the, the sleep hormones to prepare you for sleep because it's become so dependent on you knocking it out. So when it realises that you're not going to do that anymore, it will start producing the hormones that it needs to produce to help you start feeling sleepy and go to sleep. So just persevere. It, it, it won't last too long. For some people, it lasts one to two weeks and eventually you just start sleeping. And when you do, my friend, welcome welcome to the magic that is sober sleep sober sleep is absolutely amazing and you will have that that first night when you crack it and you'll just wake up and you'll just be like I just feel so nourished I feel like I'm 10 years old again I feel so fresh and so and it sounds a bit weird but like so pure you have that feel that like childish innocence of just having had just such a cracking sleep um Dr Nicole LaPera who um, I absolutely love her book, How to Do the Work. She's um, She calls herself the holistic psychologist. She's absolutely awesome. Um, she describes sleep as an ultimate time of healing. A time of ultimate healing is her exact quote. Um, and I really feel that, you know, when I'm sleeping, especially when you first stop drinking. If you've been drinking regularly, your body's got so, so much healing to do. And it's so clever in how it does it. And it's just such a lovely, wonderful feeling every time you get into bed, just thinking about, wow, um, every time I sleep, I heal. And that's a mantra that I, I love to say to myself when I get into bed, every time I sleep, I heal. And you sleep, sorry, you heal um yes you heal body but your mind as well there's so much backstage work that's going on you know with you filing away what you've made sense of in the day when you're sleeping I mean that's what dreams are doing so much organization going on behind the scenes there's so much healing emotionally and mentally as well as physically while you sleep 
And the wonderful thing is, is that it doesn't cause you any work. It's the opposite. It's rest. It's restorative. It's, it's um, you know, relaxing to do so. A really interesting fact, actually, that Dr. Nicole LaPera um, put in, in her book, How to Do the Work, is that people over the age of 45 who sleep for less than six hours sleep a night are 200% more likely to suffer from heart attack or strokes than those who sleep for longer. That is crazy, isn't it? That is just how much we need our sleep and that's just how healing and helpful sleep is. Um, you know, I just don't ever want to fall into that category of person who thinks it's really, really cool to not sleep. I just don't get that. <laughs> um, I know when I was a teenager, I absolutely thought not sleeping was the coolest thing ever. Uh, <laughs> I think it's just an act of rebellion, isn't it? Um, from being told as a teenager and as a child by your parents to go to bed. And I, like most people, went through that phase as a teenager and in my early 20s of thinking I was terribly cool for going to bed late and not having very many many hours sleep and kind of showing off to people I've only had four hours sleep or whatever um but now I just can't do it I actually feel physically sick if I don't have enough sleep uh, it actually makes me almost feel like I've got a hangover now everyone's experiences with sleep are different I'm quite lucky in the fact that when I was growing up my parents were very very strict about routines and I always knew exactly what was happening every day because it was so consistent. So I had a very strict bedtime and there was no negotiation around bedtime. Uh, even when I was 16, I had to be in bed by nine o'clock. And I remember my friends at school kind of taking the mickey out of me and saying, like, your mum makes you go to bed at nine. I mean, I had to get up at six o'clock for school and she was absolutely right to make me go to bed at that time. And as much as I kind of rolled my eyes and thought she was a bit strict, I'm really grateful to her now for making me do that because as an adult, she's given me some really helpful routines that I just do automatically. I would say I am a good sleeper because of those strict routines. Now, if that was not your experience, do not panic because you have the power to reparent yourself at any point in your life and, and kind of put any structures in place that, that you wish you'd had when you were younger. And this is actually called sleep hygiene. So sleep hygiene literally just refers to that hour before you go to sleep, the, the routines that we have um, that help signal to our subconscious that it's going to be time to go to sleep. And this is actually quite similar to what you would do if you had a baby or a small child in that you want that same routine. You you know, you might turn the lights down, you'll talk a bit quieter. I mean, I don't have children, but I've heard that, you know, an hour before bedtime, you shouldn't give your child, your baby too much eye contact and you're kind of signaling to them that it's time to wind down and get ready for sleep. Uh, and you do the same, we can do the same with ourselves, but an hour before bed, we can always, you know, go and put our pyjamas on or go and have a nice bath, put our pyjamas on, um, have a hot chocolate, do our meditation for 10 minutes, um, you know, put our phones away an hour before bed is a really good tip. Now, the reason it's a good tip to do that is because phones emit blue light, as do all screens and all I think it's all LED lights and all artificial light, basically. Our blue light 
um, confuses our sleep mechanisms, our sleep hormones. So uh, in order to really work with our body's rhythms and, and not to kind of confuse our circadian rhythms, it's really optimal to you know reduce that blue light. Now, some people buy blue light blocking glasses to wear at night if they really find they're sensitive to it. I actually don't do that because I don't think I'm too sensitive to it. I mean, you'll probably find me doing a podcast in a few months saying, oh my goodness, I've tried those glasses and they're amazing and they've completely transformed my sleep. But I I find, you know, um, just being mindful of the blue light and not, I would never have like a big light on in my lounge, for example, in the evening, I would always put soft lighting on. Um, and I don't really like watching the TV in the evening. Um, but having those nice routines, and I call, I like to move away from the term routine and move it to the term ritual. Now, for me, a ritual is something that you've consciously crafted. It's something that's decadent, that's luxurious, that you willingly uh, participate in. And that is an absolute pleasure. So why have habits when you can have rituals? Hey, like, let's have a ritualized life. So if you are just moving into sober sleep now and it's all really new to you and you want to want it to be as healing and as helpful and as pleasurable as possible, set yourself the goal that you're going to ritualise your sleep. Um, and, you know, you can think about things like, you know, having nice chamomile tea in the evening, um, stopping having caffeine before 12 is good as well. Um, you know, I've got a lovely lavender pillar spray. I also find I do really well if I have a carby bedtime snack um, because I, if I'm hungry when I go to sleep, it really stops me from sleeping. I think there is some research that shows that a carby snack just before bed does help you sleep. Now, I'm not saying I go and eat like a whole pizza or 10 slices of toast. When I say carby snack, I, I do try and eat more whole foods than processed foods. So that's something like a bowl of porridge just before bed, I find really really helps me sleep and keeps me full. Uh, another thing, if you are struggling with sleeping in the first few weeks, is you can look into health food stores uh, and look for valerian root, which is a natural supplement that can help relax you and help you sleep. Ultimately, in the evening, what we're trying to do is we're trying to make sure we are in our parasympathetic nervous system. That is our rest and digest mode. So we don't want to, you know, watch things on the television that are stressing us out um, or things that are making us angry or you know doing lots of very yang uh, yang activities we want to really calm ourselves down I love exercise but I find if I exercise after 5 30 I, I might be lying in bed till like three o'clock in the morning with my eyes wide awake because I'm just too yang I'm too activated I need to do those things earlier on in the day now, I absolutely love uh, Dr. Tara Swart, who is the author of The Source. Uh, I've listened to her on, I think, quite a few podcasts now. And I've got her book, The Source, and I've um, given it to my mum. She's listened to her audiobook as well as read it. and We love her. And Dr. Tara Swart, uh, it says that, you know, sleep, lack of sleep is linked to Alzheimer's and a, a variety of, of diseases. Uh, and you know, lack of sleep promotes inflammation in the body. So we know inflammation is the beginning of any kind of disease. If we if we avoid inflammation, then we're we're stopping that that kind of process from starting. 
She also says that sleep deprivation is linked to increased brain reactivity. So this basically means responses that are more likely to come from the primitive part of the brain. So when we are thinking about raising our vibrations um, and stepping in to the shoes of our highest self, our higher self, so when we're in the shoes of our higher self, we're feeling, we're feeling joy, we're feeling compassion, we're not reactive, we're acting with grace and confidence and things are flowing towards us and we just, yeah, we feel joy, we're, we're in flow with the universe. When we're reactive, we are using our primitive part of our brain, we're, we're using our amygdala, which is our fight or flight response and other more primitive sections of our brain. Now, when we're working from these parts of our brain, we're very much in kind of like a childlike behavior or kind of animalistic behavior. We're kind of being autonomous. We're just reacting to situations and we're coming from a place of not feeling safe. We're coming from that fear energy. Now, fear energy is not where we want to behave, be coming from or where we want how we want to behave when we manifest if we're breaking manifestation energies down really simplistically we've got two energies you've got love and you've got fear we want to be working from the energy of love now when we're using the primitive part of our brain we are usually functioning from the perspective of fear so when we are sleep deprived we know that we will be using more of that fear energy. We're, we're, we're seeing the world through a lens where we are not trusting things. We're looking for the negatives. We're not feeling safe. We've gone into that kind of primitive survival mode, which is not where we want to be to be in our manifestation power. So yes, stopping drinking alcohol is a huge step in raising our vibrations, moving up that Maslow's hierarchy of needs, moving up towards the vibration of our higher self so we can start really manifesting things. But sleep is another part of that jigsaw puzzle. Now, as I've said, just by not drinking alcohol, our sleep is going to improve hugely. Uh, but we can also, by just being aware of how wonderful sleep is and how much it's helping us, we can take things even further in and really improve it. So I I call sleep magical. Uh, I, I, I'm so grateful that I sleep well. And now that I don't drink, I just, I just see it as so nourishing. And we know that energy follows intention, right? So something might be good for you, but if you're focusing on how good it is for you and you're so grateful for how good it is for you and you're visualizing how good it is for you, you're magnifying and accelerating just how healing and wonderful and good it is for you. So why not just consciously be grateful for how wonderful our sleep is and it's just going to you know, exponentially help us. So spiritual question for you here. Where do we go when we sleep? Is this something any of you have ever actually thought about? This is the kind of question that I think I probably would have pondered when I was a child and you don't kind of have those boundaries in your mind that uh, that you, you put on yourself as you learn about the world and you get told how to think about things. Now, from a kind of psychological perspective, you could say that when we sleep, we are going into our subconscious mind. And you know, that's what dreams are about, isn't it? Now, 
this is so interesting when we delve into it more. So some of you might be listening to this thinking, uh, I don't dream. I, I can't remember the last time I dreamt. Well, actually you do. Everybody dreams. If you weren't dreaming, I think you'd be dead. Like we have to dream. It's whether or not we remember our dreams. Now, if you don't remember your dreams, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you at all. It just means that you've not practiced remembering them because when we wake up, we forget our dreams so, 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 so quickly, like almost instantly we forget them. And if it's just that split second where we remember them, I don't know if you've ever had this experience when you're you're like, oh, that was a cool dream. And then somebody says, would you like a cup of coffee? And then you're like, oh, damn it, I forgot my dream. What was it? Oh, it's gone. Because that's how quickly we forget them. So if we train ourselves to remember our dreams when we wake up then we we get better and better at it so having a journal next to your bed that you can just jot your dream down or just getting used to telling your partner if you if you share a bed with somebody as soon as you wake up what you were dreaming about we 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 train that muscle if you like to getting used to remembering them and they can be really insightful our dreams when we start picking them apart now I would not really worry about any dream dictionaries or anything because nobody's more expert of understand about understanding your dreams than you are it's your subconscious mind you know a dream dictionary doesn't know what where all of your connotations and values have come from in your life experience you all I would say is when you're looking at your dreams is that everything's a metaphor, everything's a symbol for something. And if you start looking as, you know, it's a kind of like a, a puzzle, like a secret code that your subconscious is giving you to represent how you're feeling about different things in your life. I know a really common one um, when people stop drinking, it's really common to, to dream that you're drinking or same with smoking don't worry about that dream at all. It doesn't mean that you, you're going to start doing it again. If anything, it's your subconscious just reminding you that you don't want to do it. Um, it's a part of your neural wiring behind the scenes, like adjusting to the fact that you've changed how you feel about drinking now. So please don't worry if you drink, dream about those all the time. Just be like, oh yeah, yeah, my brain's doing all the rewiring it needs to do. Um, so some people uh, believe that, and I, I do actually think this is true, when we sleep, we're actually going into another realm. So we're on, we're operating on a different plane. So here we're on the physical plane and we're obviously only here for a certain amount of time. Uh, and we've come here, we've come here to manifest a physical life experience. And this is kind of a slightly different topic, but you know, when people... Uh, attached guilt and shame to wanting stuff um i just want to remind you that we came here to manifest physical stuff that's what a physical experience is about and there's nothing wrong with that as long as you know that physical things are you know not everything you know see it take everything with a bit of perspective but there's nothing wrong with wanting to manifest physical things in your life but when we um when we're sleeping we're not on the physical plane we're on i think perhaps the plane that we came from maybe um i've i need to do some more research into this but i've definitely heard spiritual people speak of of you know changing onto different realms of existence when we sleep but anyway 
whatever they however they would like to explain it sleep is pretty magical and cool um so when we're if we're looking at it from the perspective that we are learning a lot about our subconscious and we're engaging with our subconscious mind when we sleep something that you can do to really manipulate that situation is if you kind of pose a question to yourself as you go to sleep um and you kind of let your subconscious mind answer it in your dreams and then you can kind of write about them when you wake up that's quite a cool thing to start doing now as well as you know, helping our brain file everything away, everything away, and we know that sleep is really, really good for our physical health. Sleep's also really important for our gut health. Now, anyone that knows me will know that I've had a couple of times in my life when I've really, really struggled with my gut health, and again, physical health does affect your vibrations. It's a part of a big system um you know our body is a system and everything is linked and your gut health affects your mental health so i think it's 90 percent of the serotonin that we make in our body is made in our gut so it's not surprising that most people who have anxiety or depression also have bad gut health now it is a bit of a chicken and an egg scenario in that you can ask which bit started first was it the anxiety that created the gut health or was it the gut health that created the anxiety and I don't know the answer to that I do know that if you look at polyvagal theory that we could definitely see how anxiety and depression create imbalances in the gut but who's to say that they the the process can't start from either end depending on you know what you're putting into your stomach etc and I would argue that it probably can start from either side of the scale and then it just perpetuates. Now, Dr. Megan Rossi, actually, I think she pronounces it Megan. She's Australian. Dr. Megan Rossi, the gut health doctor, says that sleep deprivation increases inflammation and stress hormones. So as I've already mentioned, inflammation in the body is where all disease begins. Um, and of course, we don't want stress hormones in our body. We know that we've been increasing our stress hormones by drinking alcohol. And now that we are, now that we've let go of that, we just want to feel great, right? We want to feel super high vibe. And that's what I'm here to help you to do. And that's why we're talking about sleep so early on in my podcast, because sleep is just one of the absolute fundamentals to feeling great. Now, while we're sleeping, something is going on in our stomach. And this doesn't just happen when we sleep. This happens whenever we are in a fasted state. So that gap that we have in between meals um, or when we're sleeping, we have this thing called the MMC, the migrating motor complex. Now, this moves from the stomach to the small intestine, sweeping the intestine clean in between meals. So it sweeps away any leftover bits of rubbish from our large intestine. So Megan Rossi describes it as like an intestinal housekeeper. Now, we've got all sorts of different bacteria in our gut. And in our large intestine, we've got different bacteria to the bacteria that we have in our small intestine. Now, sometimes uh, some of our large intestine bacteria might escape up into our small intestine. Now, um, large intestine bacteria is the bacteria that creates wind okay so it's completely normal to pass wind during the day that's a part of our normal healthy gut function but if you've ever had um issues with your um with your gut one of the 
symptoms that you might have is when you feel like you've got a lot of trapped wind but it's it's really trapped inside you and it's hard to to get out and that that could be a sign that you've actually got some of this bacteria that's moved up to your small intestine and and you've got pockets of air that are getting stuck so if we are giving our body those nice windows of not eating where we are able to do our internal housekeeping our body stops those little guys from getting into the wrong place and causing havoc so um yeah i love dr megan rossi i've got her book and i uh i like watching her on youtube not youtube on instagram she's super super interesting and yeah sleep accord on so many levels sleep is what we need to be healthy and to heal so when we're looking at it from an energetic perspective as well, so um, as I've said, looking after our bodies, we're looking after our energy. And when we're looking after our energy, our vibrations are high and we are in the moving towards or in the vibration of our higher self. Um, and we are physically healing when we stop drinking alcohol i mean our body's healing all the time from various things anyway but there is a lot of work for your body to do and we want to give it all the help that we can now when we are well rested i've mentioned it briefly before we are much more likely to be working from the prefrontal cortex part of our brain so this is the part of our brain where we can where we're doing high executive is that the word? Executive thought functions. Um, and when we are calm, in control, we're not reactive and we're able to uh, be logical, evaluate things and we're not basically going into what some people call our monkey brain, right? Uh, now, when we are working from our amygdala, from our fight or flight response, we're not really in control. We've kind of lost our free will. We've become autonomous. Um, we've become animalistic. And we know that we want to to heal our nervous system so that we are not stuck in fight or flight. We want to be in using that prefrontal cortex um, as much as possible. So sleeping can really help us have that kind of control. So I'm sure that there are so many more reasons why sleep is good for you. And I will definitely do another episode on sleep when I discover them because I love sleep and I just think with anything that's healing, the more I understand why it's good for me, the more I get from it. Um, I remember when I first started doing yoga and I didn't really understand why it was supposed to be good for me and I didn't really enjoy it that much because I was like, I don't get it. <laughs> now, I absolutely love yoga because I understand so much of the science that's going on that, you know, behind the scenes while I'm doing it. And it just makes, I just take so much from it. I will do an episode on yoga at some point. Um, but in the meantime, whether you are, unless you're driving, if you're driving, then you just keep driving. But unless you're driving, whether it's the middle of the day, whether you've just woken up and you're feeling a bit tired, um, whether, you know, it's, it's getting late now. If you, you know, if you're able to and you're not about to go to work or something like that, if you're feeling a little bit tired, then I, I encourage you now, tuck yourself back up, have a little nap uh, or take yourself off to bed early. And I want you to really consciously enjoy the fact that you are about to just have such a healing, nourishing sleep and your body knows exactly what it's doing to, to look after you. Thank you so much for listening to me today and I 
look forward to having you all tune in this time next week. Take care and stay high vibe. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you've enjoyed this episode, then I would be so grateful if you could leave me a review. And in fact, if you leave me a five-star review and give me a social media shout out and tag me, then you are in for a good chance of winning a free one-to-one coaching session with me. So I give out five free one-to-one coaching sessions a month. And if you follow those instructions, then you are in for a good chance of winning one for yourself. Alternatively, if you would like to download my free 30-day Sober Curious Reset Guide, then please head on over to my website at www.coachingbyannika.co.uk. Or if you'd like to follow me on Instagram, my handle is at coachingbyannika. Annika is spelt A-N-N-E-K-A. Alternatively, you might just want to go right ahead and book a free discovery call with me, which you can also do on my website. Thank you so much for listening and I can't wait to have you tune in to this high vibe space this time next week. Keep manifesting.